Yeah. Where are you right now? L.A. L.A. Yeah. Are you are you do you stay down here when you go to Irvine or do you just like drive? No, I drive. Mm-hmm. I drive. I'm away from my family too much as it is. Yeah, that's what I figured. Like, how old? Because you do you have one kid or two? Two. Two, two girls, seven and four. Aww. Yeah. Do they uh, do they ever come on tour with you or is that nah, no? No, <laughs> there's no reason. They have lives. They're not interested in sitting in a hotel <laughs> waiting for daddy to do an hour of can- comedy they can't go watch. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be in Scotland in the uh, Edinburgh Festival in August for a month, and they'll come over and spend a couple weeks with me there. Oh, cool! But for the most part, you know, everyone's like, "Do you bring your wife?" I'm like, "My wife would not come on the road." <laughs> yeah, you know, because you're gone for like what months at a time, and like you know they have jobs. Yeah, like, well, you know, I mean, the thing about stand up is you you can only really work from Wednesday to Sunday, so you go out and back, out and back, out and back. So when I am home, and then I'm home, home. You know, I don't yeah. do anything really that much while I'm here, except for try and make a record with my band and do all that stuff. But you know, I uh, uh, so I'm around. But I this is like the, the, it's Irvine and then Philly. And then I do do a lec- I, I lecture sometimes at colleges, and then and then I'm done for the summer. What do you lecture just, about? Uh, you know, it's like kind of like my stand-up, a little half-half. It's sort of like about the it's about the book mm. and how it came about mm. and why I arrived at the ideas that I arrived at. And mm. then I do a Q and A, which is the part everybody likes the most, and people ask silly relationship questions, and then we <laughs> shut it down for a book signing. <laughs> <laughs> What's one of the um because the people have been talking about the book like since it came out like I don't think there's an inter- there's an interview with you where the book isn't mentioned. <laughs> no, it's you know it's funny. I watched that I watched that um Billy Bob Thornton thing the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like I was like dude, get over yourself. Like <laughs> I will never probably regardless of what I do, even if I had a hit song on the radio, I'd probably never be more famous for that thing because it became such a big deal just the phrase itself you know yeah um but if it wasn't for that i you know nobody know who i am (laughs) yeah it it gets you jobs so like it does and it lets me do the things i want to do and i'm proud of it i don't i'm I'm as proud of it as everything else i've done it just uh it was a surprising weird sidestep to a career that i didn't expect to have um but it doesn't it never bothers me when people ask about it because you know they're interested, you know, so I, you know, it's rare, like, no one's going to interview me about my band. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to ask about it, so. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to ask about the book, too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to talk about all of it. It's all, it's all by the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's definitely cool, yeah. Some people, you know, they do something back in their career, when you ask them about it, they're like, oh, this again. Like, you did it. Like, you should be proud of it. Unless well, it if was there was something horrible. new to talk about, you'd talk about it. Yeah. But, right? Yeah, definitely. Like we're we're not gonna just talk about the book. We're gonna go through your whole history right now. Yeah, see I don't that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm totally cool with that. I think uh uh you know I think uh, that you are how people know you, and they <laughs> can't be any different. You can't pretend that they feel differently about you than they do. <laughs> That's sort of crazy. Yeah, and at least you 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 make it all fun. Like I was watching last night your interview um, from our latest year on the View, mm-hmm. and I I could see mo- a lot of comics like not 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 getting into it but you were just like hey it's the view like i'm gonna make you know have fun with it and it came out really well you know what i mean oh thank you <laughs> well you're i mean part of it is you, there are a couple things that are happening in the view interview one was that you're sitting next to barbara walters who's a legend <laughs> right you know so and that's she's pretty cool on you. <laughs> uh and then 
I went there so prepared to, you know, all my friends were like, dude, don't let Hasselback get a word in edgewise. <laughs> you know, if she starts, you know, whatever, not take Hasselback down. I go, well, I don't think anything's going to come up. But then you get on the set and you sit there with her and you go, oh, my God, she's totally hot. <laughs> like, you kind of can't believe how pretty she is in person. <laughs> and, uh, and it's fun. You know, I like, you know, on television. What the heck, you know? And if it sells a few more books or people come see me or... Uh, you know, whatever. Um, uh, it's all about getting people to, um, you know, at the end of the day for me, it's all about trying to get people in, in rooms to see me do stand-up. Yeah. That's what's cool about your book is that, like, it does introduce people that might not otherwise think of comedy as something to do. Like, they're like, hey, Greg Bear is in town. Why don't we go see him? And then they get introduced to, you know, whoever's doing, like, they get introduced to the format and the other people, like, opening for you and you might have a new comedy fan. Uh, you know, that happens quite a bit these days. And the thing that's kind of neat about it is, you know, there's the there's always the um, the rub that they won't like it. You know, they could come and go, this is what I wasn't what I was expecting. And I think the great news is, is that I think people not only like it, sometimes they like it better. <laughs> um, they get they get a more of a variety of topics to hear about. You know, I mean, yeah, there's occasionally a woman that wanted to hear a lecture about the book. And I always am like, look, the answer's on the cover. <laughs> there's not a whole lot more to say about it. <laughs> you know, and I don't give seminars, and you know, it's not really what I do. But, um, but I do think that, in I think thematically, from everything I've done from way before the book, I've always sort of had like a little bit of a message of like, hey, this is a great life. Don't throw it away. Right. And you know, most of comedians sort of point out the dumb shit that we do. So in some ways, he's just not that into you. Isn't any different than a bit that you do, you know, where you're like, hey, if a guy doesn't call you, he doesn't like you, because if he liked you, he'd call you. Yeah, <laughs> you and know? overall, it's not like you're telling people, you know, you're not worth it. You're telling people, like, you are worth it. Like, don't worry about it. Like, it's a positive message. Yeah, that's around. been, I, I believe in people. I love people. I've always liked them. I've always felt like, hey, you know, why would you waste this opportunity? You know, <laughs> see the greater good. Your, your life shouldn't be uh, you uh, serving time. Definitely. I did have a question um, about the movie. Like, what kind of impact or role did you have in it besides the the cameo which i thought was really funny i thought that was cool uh, really, that's uh, it's funny you say that because i felt like it was the most unwarranted <laughs> cameo in the history of filmmaking never was there a more unnecessary shot of somebody's arched eyebrow and that's why i love it though like i'm a film student and so it's just like it's so just out like just there like yeah. we were watching the theater and you know the people i saw with i didn't know who you were like visually and i was like that's it that's it and they're like who and i was like he was just on the screen and they're like what and i had to like go back and i'd point it out <laughs> yeah it's um uh it was cute i mean they actually put liz the other the co-author was in the end she marries brad and uh, uh, uh jennifer and uh, ben and um, the directors in the movie, the the people that wrote the script in the movie. But other than that, I had nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> I had, uh, you know, we, you know, they buy the movie, they buy the rights from you, and they essentially pay you to go away. <laughs> do you know if they were, was, I know that it was adapted from the book. Like, it wasn't, they can't literally do a self-help book. They yep. could, but it wasn't. Was Justin Long supposed to be you or was he like a new character because that's what i was trying to figure out the yeah whole time. i mean i think it was sort of sort of sort of half based on you, what, the thing i felt was missing from the movie was like the, justin long did a lot of like the harsh you know like hey wake up kind of thing you yeah. know but what he didn't ever say was because you're worth it or because you're decent enough or because you're you know because he kind of realized it at one point yes yeah so he 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 uh but but um, but yeah, I think that was sort of supposed to be that guy. So you know, um, 
but I thought they did a fine job. You know, I, it's like it's almost like somebody. It's like when you go and <clears throat> it's like somebody painting a pic, a picture of, of your book, mm-hmm. and they painted it with Jennifer Aniston and Charlotte Johansson. So <laughs> I'll take it. It was a good. I liked it though. Like it's not. I didn't think it was bad or anything, or or even like mediocre. I thought it was really cool, and it was, and especially since personally, I never watch romantic comedies, but I mm-hmm. loved that movie. So, thumbs up. <laughs> well, that's cool. No, thank you. I think I I think they made a nice movie. I really do. I I do think it's a good movie. I mean, and here's the thing, it could have been terrible, mm-hmm. as those things usually are. Most yeah. things don't come out good. You know, the majority of movies that come out, the majority of the books that are written, the majority of albums that are made are fair to mediocre and they did an ex- they did an exceptional job they had a good cast it was well acted i think i thought it was very well directed and um uh and for the most part i thought it was great it was it was very cool and i'm glad it's out on dvd now and people can get it and the book and compare if they wish yeah but so i want to talk a little bit about like your beginnings in stand-up mm-hmm. and stuff like how did you first get into this all like before before he's just not done to you before sex in the city go back to that uh, well, I got a degree in theater at the University of Oregon and went to San Francisco, where I was from originally, and started trying to make my way in the world of acting, which was I was very unsuccessful at. And uh, my mom saw, and uh, uh, my mom would would read all the trade magazines and try and help find me work. And she saw that there was an improv group auditioning people, and uh, so I went to these this, these people's house and I auditioned, and they invited me to be in their group, uh, and. Uh, uh, Margaret Cho was also in the improv group, oh, cool. and she had just started doing stand-up, and she said, hey, you know, her and this other guy, John, were like, hey, you got to give this a shot, uh, and I'm like, are you kicking me out of the group? Like, I feel like now, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I I did. I went, and I did an open mic, and I liked it, and, and, uh, and that was it. I kind of felt like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It was one of those moments in life where you go, oh, okay, this is where, this is definitely where I need to be. And uh, so I just started going to open mics. Mm. This was in 89. It's interesting that, like, you you point out, like, the difference. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of comedians, they try to do, like, comedian, actor, improv, like, everything at once. But, like, you seem to focus kind of, like, on honing that one skill. Well, when I first started, I was doing that and trying to be in bands. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of all over the map a little bit, and I really th- and I really didn't think comedy was cool. So it, while I was doing that, I thought, well, I'm going to be in a band, and I'm going to really make that happen. Mm-hmm. And I uh, and I was in this band that um, was called the New Sheridans, and uh, you can see a video of us on my website. It's really kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we came to Los Angeles, and we recorded a seven inch for Hell Yeah Records. Mm-hmm. It was produced by the bass player of the band Red Cross, and you know I kind of thought things were happening and. Um, uh, and I was doing stand-up at the same time, but mostly I was drinking. And, uh, <laughs> and that all kind of came crashing down around me. And, and when the smoke cleared and uh, the band uh, disbanded, uh, I then decided to just work on one thing and see where it happens. So I went to stand-up, and that's what I did. And that sort of was the, the right move. Very cool. I remember I have um, all the Uncabaret CDs from Beth Lapid's thing. Yeah. And you were you were kind of involved in that group for a while. That well, that sort of like was what changed my that sort of changed my life and my stand up because they were so encouraging of like just tell stories from your life. You know, I was trying to do jokes and bits and that kind of thing before, and they were just like talk about your life, talk about your life, and that's out of that came uh, Mantastic, which was the first HBO special that I did, mm. um, which led to all great things because it was it was the the stage version of it was directed by Michael Patrick King, who mm. became the executive producer of Sex and City, and. Um, uh, and then I got, you know, in the development deal for that, and and um, and it just sort of evolved from there. 
It's very, it's a very cool story. Like, I like the, I think it's cool, though, like, I, I don't, I've, not sorry, but, well, yeah, sorry, I don't know. I, I'm sad that you had to go through the period of, of alcohol and difficulties like that, but it's, I like that you bring it up, because I myself, you know, trying to get into the comedy scene, it is a little daunting, like, every night, most of the time, the scene is like, let's go drink. And it's like, you have to know that you don't have to do that all the time. If you don't want to, like, every night you don't have to. No, I mean, for like us, it was really like, I mean, for me, I was literally, every night we went out, it was like we'd won an Emmy. Like, mm-hmm. I was celebrating every night like I'd won an Emmy. And I had just done an open mic. Like, it was, you know, and the other thing was, is that I was more out of control than most of my other friends. Mm-hmm. You know, my roommate at the time was, uh, had his own show on HBO called Mr. Show. So, I kind of looked around and went, I'm accomplishing nothing, and I'm wondering what the the main thing that's in the way, and it seemed like drinking was it, and plus my health wasn't good. So, you know, once I took that out and just picked the one thing, I think at the beginning of any show business career, you need to sort of pick a thing that you do and let it take you to the next thing. That doesn't mean you have to, you know, not write or not do those things. You should always have those things ready, but you should pick one thing that people sort of know what you're all about, and then, you know, and then, and then just keep sort of adding to it. Yeah, right. it wasn't until I... Until I um, met my uh, wife that I started writing because, you know, I was like, I'm a performer. And she said, we got to try writing. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, as it turns out, she was right. (laughs) I'm glad that she helped you out because that ended up getting you very, very far. Right. Uh, Well, I mean, the book wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for her. And she really, you know, I mean, she's the uncredited third writer of the (laughs) book. And really, I mean, it was her and Liz's idea. And and I just sort of, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't see the shot really. (laughs) Um, Which I think is kind of good in one way, because I think you'd be a pretty arrogant guy if you were like, I'm going to write a book for women. (laughs) You know, I think that it was because it was women saying you should participate in this. Let us ask you questions that made it feel more genuine and more like, oh, okay, well, here's what I think. Yeah. You know? And that was kind of your role on Sex in the City, right? Because you were a consultant. Like, yep. they would just, like, how did, what was that? Like, they would write the scenes and they'd be like, does this seem like... Well, th- I would be there at the very beginning of the year when they'd start saying, what are we going to do with everybody this year? What's everyone going to do? And what are the themes we want to cover? So, I mean, we started with nothing. And then, you know, they would break stories. And, you know, Michael, who was the uh, producer, was kind of a genius. And the girls that were all, you know, Sidney Shupak and Jenny Bix and Liz and... I mean, there were everyone there was just, you know, super smart and super talented, and you know, then we would just start breaking stories, and we would basically people would just tell stories about their dating and the sex that they were having and the things that they were doing, and it all just sort of evolved out of that, and uh, and then we would start to say, okay, so, you know, Samantha is going to get sick, and you know, and um, uh, Miranda's going to get married, and you know, so there was always, you know, we were trying to plot it out. <laughs> well, I have to say again, like. I, I don't watch a lot of, like, I guess, women-oriented shows, mm-hmm. if you call it, but Sex and the City is one of my favorites, and I went to the premiere and got all dressed up and had, you know, mm-hmm. Cosmos and everything like that, and it was just, it's really cool that you, I, f- I feel like that team, you and everybody on there, did make something that, again, transcended, like, what this genre was supposed to be. I think so, too, and I think that was partly, I mean, I would give a lot of the credit to uh, to Michael and the girls, but because they, you know, they they built, <clears throat> there was a campy element of it. There were, like, the sitting around the coffee shop telling dirty puns, um, and there was sort of the goofiness to it, and the sex part, which was always kind of fun and exotic and erotic or whatever, but the... Um, the stories, the relationships were really real and really emotional and really complex and really 
based on, you know, real life. And I think that's what people related to. And I think there were even men that came along eventually that were coerced into watching it and then mm-hmm. actually found that they enjoyed it. Because, you know, anytime anything speaks the truth, people respond. Yeah. And they don't really care what package it comes in, you know. And, of course, it looks like something. I mean, look, I wasn't interested in watching it when it came out. Because I just, just because I was like, I just don't think this is going to be for me. I don't want to watch four girls run around and date mm-hmm. and be goofy. I didn't pay that much attention to it until when I was dating my wife, and she liked it. And then I got involved, and then they, and then they asked me to come along that next season, and then I was thrilled. Well, you know, it all it all worked out for the better, and it all worked out. Like, you have had your hand in so many things that have become like big. Like I think that's just that's that's what's really cool to me is like you've been doing so many different things, and. I, I want to talk about some of the shows you've had. You've had a few shows over the, mm-hmm. the past few years. Like, Tell me about the, the Greg Barrett show that was on WGN. That was like uh, 2006, I think. Yeah, 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 the talk show. Um, well, you know, like anything else, you, uh, you get popular for giving advice, and people think you should have a daytime talk show. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, Sony um, pursued me for like 10 months, and they were like, we think there's a show. And I was sort of – I was – nervous about doing it because I was like, I don't really know what that would be. Like, I don't really, you know, I'm not Dr. Phil. I haven't spent my life just trying to give people advice. And, um, but, you know, it was the only thing being offered and it was a big deal. And, and eventually I think we thought, let's give it a try. Let's see what this is all about. Maybe we could do something that was sort of a cross between, or I think the idea was to do something sort of a cross between Ellen and, and Dr. Phil or Ellen and, uh, Oprah, you know, kind of deal. And, um, uh, but we didn't have, you know, we got off the, we got off to a, a bad start at the beginning with not the right producer, and mm-hmm. and they just wanted it to be more like Ricky Lake, and so it was a really mm-hmm. tough thing to get off the ground because the daytime world really is sort of set in its ways, and they don't really want innovation, they don't want a lot of uh, new interesting things, and and so it was really sort of a struggle to get it off the ground. I think by the end we were we were making good television, but at that point it was too late. Mm-hmm. I have to say the show that they that. Wikipedia says it was replaced with so I, eh, not not a good one, not a good one. But I didn't get WGN before. Wait, wait, what did it say? Say it again. The what? The show that re- that quote unquote replaced it, like according to Wikipedia, you know, I don't know how. Legit oh, Steve Wilkos. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so funny. It was also really tough because I, you know, I, I, I liked having my own television show. Uh, the great thing was my uh, wife was a producer on the show, and and so we worked together every day, which is my that's my. <laughs> That's my goal. Like, if that can be my life, that's the way I'd like it. And so Aww. it was really good and because, you know, then we were both away from the kids, which also felt <laughs> like the, and then we could be together. But, but also, um, uh, uh, by the end, it was, it was kind of heartbreaking and hard, uh, you know, and, not, and a little bit dowdy and just not, not, not entirely my thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like the experience, but um, at the end of the day when it was canceled, I was not as uh, bummed as you might think. Mm. Well, so, but then afterwards you did, like, a kind of another talk show, or you're doing it now called the Greg Barrett Wake Up Call? That was a reality show that we oh. actually shot before the talk show, and we shot it for ABC, and they decided not to air it, and then they sold it to SoapNet, and SoapNet ran the, la- the six episodes just because you know, oh. they had the programming. That was more fun. I liked that better, and that was where I would just go hang out with a couple for a weekend and try and encourage them to either break up or fix it but they couldn't stay where they were mm. and it was sort of more fun and it was 
more interactive and, you know, you would do stuff with them and try and get them to talk about their relationship. And, you know, I was constantly reminding them that I'm not actually a therapist. And <laughs> it was cute. It was, I, I actually really liked that. And, and again, uh, that was my wife and I, and we were both executive producers. And, and, um, and I liked the crew of people that we made it with. And it was a much more, it was a much more realized version of what I, you know, what my skill set is. And mm. so I dug that. How was the, how did the couples react to it? Like I only, I only saw a clip of one of the couples. Um, is it, is it, is it online at SoapNet? I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. Um, uh, it's, um, you know, most of the, I think that, you know, the couple on the pilot actually broke up, but the, um, but I think the re- all the rest of the couple stayed together and one couple got married. Mm. So we did, we did good work. I think all of them enjoyed the experience, you know? That's good. That's always the best thing with reality shows. If the people can come out not horribly mangled emotionally, then that's good. <laughs> yeah, well, you do a lot to ensure that they don't, and I tried really hard to not be. I mean, it's the the genre is exploitive, but I tried to not exploit them in that. I tried not to get them to have false emotions or to to mess with them. I just tried to get them to be real. People are interesting enough if you just give them the time. Yeah, if you just let them talk. Yep. So tell me about um, the reigning monarchs. I you just you guys just released a new track a few months ago. Are you still doing stuff with that, or is that yeah? No, that's it? like my that's my goal for the summer is to get that off the ground and and um, put put out the album, which will probably come out uh, in June, um, and um, uh, it'll be available uh, in vinyl uh, or online. And um, uh, and it's just a you know it's just a music project that really uh, excites me because it's just all guitar um, uh, playing and um, and horns and drums and and uh, no vocalists no uh, words really except for the occasional uh, shouting of things like short pants for fatty <laughs> and um, uh, and it's the music that's been in my head my entire life and I'm finally able to get it out and. Um, uh, and because uh, I've been a big fan of that genre of surf music, you know, mm-hmm. the the Dick Dales and the, um, uh, uh, you know, the Ventures, all that kind of stuff I like growing up and the soundtrack stuff, Ennio Morricone, and it's got a little bit of a Clash vibe. And mm-hmm. you know, I really enjoy doing it. And you're in, when you're um, in Irvine on Thursdays yeah. in the afternoon, we have a surf show and we have a whole surf section like this station. We love surf here, so... You can always come down and perform if you if you feel like it. Oh, we'd love to do that sometime. I think it'd be great, and I'll have to get you guys the record. It's yeah. um um yeah, it's it, you know it's like I said, it's a very popular sort of California. It's it's actually the only completely indigenous American rock and roll. <laughs> Surf music originated in America. Um, and, uh, I mean, while the shadows did a surfy thing, you know, uh, the, uh, from uh, England, uh, the, uh, the genre really is from here and it's from, and it's Californian, which I like. Um, and so we're just trying to keep that rich tradition going. There's some, a lot of good young people that are doing it now. There's a guy named Laramie Dean, who is my buddy and is, uh, really good. So, you know, we're, um, we're sort of, I'm, I'm hoping to help, uh, revive the genre for a moment, you yeah. know, and then we have a little sky element too, which I also like. And you know, while too, it's Jamaican by way of England, by mm-hmm. way of Southern California, it's uh, it's really great. And music's always kind of been one of your passions, like life, like throughout your journeys, you've always kind of been a musical yeah. person, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, not to uh, put the knock again on uh, Billy Bob Thornton, but yes, music is my first love. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing that it's the thing that I like the most in the whole world in terms of art. You know, I uh, my wife worked in a record company. We bonded over music. Our relationship is there's a lot of music around the house. Um, 
um, it's just the thing that you know warms my soul, and I love doing stand-up, you know, because I'm, I have a skill set that's really more appropriate for that. But um, uh, music is the thing that uh, brings me uh, uh, the most happiness artistically. Mm-hmm. That, and if I could design clothes, which I—that's my next. <laughs> that's for next year, but that's what I want. Really want to do. Will there be a lot of chains? What's that? Will there be a lot of chains? A lot, you mean like chain wallets? Yeah. <laughs> There'll be an occasional chain wallet. <laughs> sweaters, too. There'll be a lot of... I, I, if I could just make sweaters, I'd be really happy. Mm-hmm. I want to I de- design a line of sweaters, men's sweaters, uh, and then go from there. But, uh, but I really do I, do... I I find clothes fascinating and artistic, and that's something I would... I, and I want and to do it, because I think, you know, you get the one life, you've got to do as many things as, as you want. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to someone the other day, and they were like, how do you do all these things, or why do you do all these things? And... You know, is it confusing? I'm like, it's not confusing to me. You know, it might be, you know, I'm not, you know, we're not our Wikipedia entries. <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't have to make sense to the outside world as long as it makes sense to you. Well, I'm very excited to see, hopefully to see the Greg Barrett name everywhere very soon. You're adorable. And if you're down to come down here and perform sometime, we would love to have you. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when uh, you'll come out to the show this week, yeah? Or uh, next week? Uh, yeah, yeah, next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the Irvine Improv. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. Thanks for coming on the show today. You're outstanding. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Cool. All, All right, right, kiddo. I'll see you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.